1: Hello and welcome back to a long overdue episode of the NHL podcast. I'm Rahil alongside my co-host, Safir. Safir, it's been a minute, man. How you doing, buddy?
0: Man, Rahil, it's great to be back. You know, um, lots of exciting things have been happening. But like you said, it has been a while since uh, we've recorded uh, an episode of our NHL podcast. You know, but it has been an exciting time. I feel like time flies by really fast you know there's a lot happening with the nhl playoffs mm-hmm. uh, me personally I'm, re- I'm i've personally been really excited lately because i finished my my schooling i got my master's degree so it's been uh, quite a high for
1: me what about you man awesome congratulations on the master's through. that's actually awesome uh yeah it's been busy for me too work's gotten a little bit more hectic uh, taking on a bit more of a leadership role there uh got a puppy as well um he's seven months old his name is kylo uh so literally the last five weeks have just been like waking up at six in the morning taking the dog out for a pee and poo like it's almost like having a baby Sophia, like it has been hectic um but you know what man i couldn't ask for anything else
0: hey man congrats to you too taking on bigger roles at work and everything that's awesome my life sounds like a
1: bliss right now yeah appreciate it thank you Sophia. and i think with that let's get into a little bit of our new segment here guys we're gonna call it real Chill here and basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some time and just talk about the real life world of hockey i mean our favorite video game well when it's not broken um, is about the sport of hockey. So what better to do than talk about the sport of hockey. Now, unfortunately, Saphir actually has some good stuff to talk about because the team's actually made it past the first round for the first time in a while. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here waiting for uh, the next couple of days until the draft lottery comes out. So Saphir, how did that first round win feel as a Leafs fans? I know it's a little outdated, but I want to know how it feels.
0: And first I have to take you back to last year. You know, I was at Maple Leaf square for that game seven against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And let me tell you, when that final whistle blew, I was so heartbroken. I, and it was the quietest scene ever. I just walked out of the square and I was like, yeah, this is so depressing. Yet another game seven loss for the Maple Leafs. (laughs) I did, it is, it is heartbreaking, you know? So for them to turn it around this year has been absolutely amazing. I was honestly really concerned after that first game against Tampa Bay, because Mm -hmm. that was not a good start and overall, I would say they probably didn't play as well as they did against them last year, but you know what? They came through when it mattered, and man, Leafs Nation, like we we deserve this. It was a long time coming, um, and I think the best part is kind of giving it to, a little bit to, to the Habs and Bruins fans. I know you guys are were not too thrilled.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a mixed bag of emotions coming from a rival fan. I mean, you know, like it, it's nice to see it for the Leafs fans that aren't, you know that obnoxious with it but I mean you obviously understand some are going to be obnoxious with it it is the way it is I think the big thing for me that like I I'll admit I watched the whole series and like even as a Habs fan like it was intriguing to me to watch because it's such a big storyline you know the Leafs finally Mm going to get out of the first round and all this stuff and the big thing for me I noticed that was different this year for you guys was in other series like the other team would play worse and they would still win and i feel like that was kind of you guys at points in this series like you'd play awful game 3 you'd pull off the w you'd play awful game 4 you pull off the w i don't know if awful's the right word but like the other team played better but you still won and those yep. were the kind of games the leafs were like really missing and they got a couple of those i mean samsonov was a great goaltender as well vasilevsky was i mean i don't know man something was off with them Apparently, it might have been injuries and stuff, but it was uh, it was definitely interesting. Although, I will admit that wasn't my favorite series. I think my favorite series still is how the Leafs got their second-round opponent, Boston blowing a 3-1 to one series oh lead against the Florida Panthers. Now, everyone was, you know, Boston's going to win. Boston's going to win. And obviously, you see why they're one of the best teams in the NHL. They were arguably statistically one of the best, the best NHL team of all time. I have no idea. So if you're is Boston the new Toronto now?
0: You know what? I, I think we've passed the torch for sure, especially with the <laughs> with the game seven collapse, even though they were only up by a goal. The, the season that the Boston Bruins had, you you would think that they would have run away with it against the Florida Panthers. But man, I have to say, like hearing Matthew Kachuk talk about his team and the players and the belief on their team. You know, there's no nobody else in the NHL world that had more belief in the Panthers and the Panthers team themselves. And so for them to really stick it out uh, and take down the Bruins is a huge testament to them. And of course, as a Leafs fan, it made me happy, but I I do have to say, I think a Bruins Leafs series would have been really fun, especially when we're talking about like, you know, the history between the two teams, perhaps some redemption, but you know, this Florida Toronto series still though brings a lot of excitement.
1: I I, I look at the Florida Toronto series now that we're in the second round, almost as a, Uh, Excuse me, a better version of, and you're not going to like this, Toronto-Montreal. Like, you have this underdog team that, like, everyone's like, Toronto's going to win, Toronto's going to win. And they stunned by winning game one the same way Montreal did. Florida you know they they relied a bit on their goaltending they played a little worse but they edged off the win it's just giving me very eerie similar vibes to that hab series which i'm kind of hoping for personally cuz like <laughs> i i can't stand to see the leafs go on a cup run cuz oh my god you guys are going to be terrible on twitter but at the same time like i don't know man i think i think i think it's going to be an interesting series
0: wait hold on a second but if the leafs beat the panthers don't the habs get a better draft
1: pick some capacity, Th- this is why it's so hard being a Habs fan this year because it's like you know that you know that meme where it's like the two buttons and you don't know which one to press, yeah. It's like making fun of Toronto for losing to Florida or the Habs getting like a I think it'd be 17 <laughs> to 21st <laughs> right. overall pick. You know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna say <laughs> anything, I'm not gonna cheer for anything. I will be happy with whatever the outcome is. I'm yeah. just gonna put it at that hey, if Montreal get picks fifth overall. Florida gets knocked out, and we combine those two picks and pick top three. That's hey, thanks Leafs. I will personally, I will yeah. say it here <laughs> on the podcast: if Toronto beats Florida and Montreal uses that Florida pick to either acquire someone like Dubois or trade for a top three pick, I will thank the Leafs on this podcast. I probably shouldn't have said that. But. Yeah, no, I,
0: I hate to say it, but I actually feel like this. This is a bit of a win-win situation for the Montreal Canadiens, right? The the mm-hmm. Panthers. Yeah, we'll see. We're in situation, but uh, I think as a Leafs fan too, though, I am a little bit concerned after game one. Okay, I should be more specific. When I watched game one, I was like, okay, the Leafs are playing really well. It, it felt like that they were out playing the Panthers, um, but they ended up losing because of a couple of, silly, couple of silly mistakes and Bobrovsky just brought out his inner CBJ uh, in him. And yet after the game, I was calm, collected. I was like, hey, you know what? It's fine. The least played well. I just feel like that... That's a dangerous feeling as well, because next thing you know, if things turn real sour, the Leafs could easily be down to nothing in the series. And then it's just really hard to come back.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, you know, as good as the Leafs are being down to nothing in any series is going to be tough. Um, but that being said, let's end off on a bit of a uh, a predictor note here. Sophia. So we obviously have Toronto, Florida. The other Eastern matchup is obviously Carolina, New Jersey. And then we have uh, Dallas and Seattle and Edmonton and Vegas. Safir, who's coming out of each of those series? You know what? Seattle has been so impressive as an expansion team.
0: They took down the defending Stanley Cup champs in the Colorado Avalanche. So I, I feel like they're going to continue with uh, riding that high against the Dallas Stars. They took game one. Um, Carolina, or Vegas, Edmonton, actually. I can, I actually think Edmonton's going to end up taking it in game seven. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's time that we get a, most people might disagree with me, but a Stanley Cup finals between the Oilers and the Leafs. That's the best case scenario. And naturally, of course, I'm going to say the Leafs are going to beat the Panthers. Um, And then Carolina, New Jersey. I know New Jersey's a young team, but they are a really good team. Um, I feel like more people might say Carolina might win, but I don't know. I feel like New Jersey, man, like, Lots of young talent, not a lot of experience, but I wouldn't be surprised if they overcome the Hurricanes eventually.
1: Yeah, it, I I think those are all fairly like under you know reasonable picks. I that's boring. I'm going off the board here, Safira. <laughs> so I, I I'll go I'll go with the statistical safe side with the Toronto series. I do think Toronto ends up winning that one. Probably just you know they they just my my whole thing I've said is like once they get past that hump of the first round, they're they're a good team. They're a playoff team that could win. And I think they could finally do that. Carolina, New Jersey. I, you know, some people are going to be like, "Oh, you're just a bitter Habs fan because the cock and Yemi thing or whatever." It's, it doesn't have to do with that. I think New Jersey has proven last series that they can come from behind a little bit because they weren't down that much, but like games one and two, they were awful mm-hmm. against the Rangers, yeah. and then they just tore it up. I think they're going to do that again, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Devils. Out west, I'm. I think I'm going to go. I would love. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. I would love for an expansion like conference finals between <laughs> Vegas and see how cool would that be? That man? would actually be really cool. That would be pretty sick. However, I'm gonna go with the Oilers because you you can't bet against Connor McDavid, man. Like you yeah. just statistically can't. And then I'm gonna go with Dallas. And the only reason why I'm going with Dallas is two words Jake Ottinger. I have his young guns card i want him to do good so i can you know, <laughs> have a good card but i i think like last year or it was two years ago we saw how good he was in that uh calgary flame series i think it was last year actually wasn't it yeah it was um yeah. I, I have a feeling he turns it on he makes the series interesting and i just uh, man like seattle's good but i think at some point they're out, they're missing their two their top two offensive players um mccann's out obviously um and that's a big part I, mm-hmm. I i don't know man i i just i have a feeling dallas is going to kind of surprise some people
0: you know we've we've seen goaltender steal series before in the nhl uh stanley cup playoffs and if we had to pick one for the team's remaining it's definitely jake honor during the dallas stars but we'll see
1: absolutely agree you know a thing or two about teams our uh, goalie stealing series eh <laughs> don't remind me please (laughs) (laughs) not the time buddy (laughs) you're out of the first round it doesn't bother you as much anymore but i still have to bug you about it of course you did
0: (laughs) uh well hey rahil you know the nhl esports world is taking a huge momentum forward into this weekend you've got the nhl 23 european championship taking place in a shopping center the northern shopping center in Gothenburg, sweden I love the fact that it's a shopping center this time and I love the fact that they're always changing the venue. Yep. But anyways, it's taking place this Saturday, May 6th at 7
1: p.m. Central European time. That would be about 1 p.m. Eastern time. Excitement or what? I'm I'm super excited. First off, the shopping mall thing is absolutely awesome. I could just I know for a fact there's gonna be some kids walking by and they're gonna stop and they're just gonna be like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's Chell. that's Chell. what's going on i know the game's not in a good state right now but the still excitement of seeing you know a video game about hockey being played in a public place is pretty cool and i think that kind of thing is gonna be awesome one other thing i'm gonna note a little bit as well um i'm gonna give a bit of a shout out to the national hockey league here because last year i said it on the podcast i know other people said it um there wasn't that much communication about you know obviously like the format and stuff was there, but like how things were going. No one knew who was there. No one knew all the stuff unless you watched the streams or knew someone who watched the streams. Now, uh, massive shout out to Julie uh, Julie Young, uh, I believe her name is. I believe she's a, like a senior media person at the mm-hmm. National Hockey League. Um, they're posting this thing called Chell Intel every now and then. And there's about 13 issues right now, and it's basically a newsletter to keep you up to date with what's going on in the NHL esports scene. So the most recent one came out uh, just a couple days ago, May the 2nd, and outlines you know obviously the european one we're about to get into it outlines the north american one it shows you know who's qualified and all this stuff where the brackets are what's happening next and future major events so like you know like when the na finals are going to be when the gw or not gwc the wc finals i guess we call it now is going to be and i think that's a huge part to growing this game a little bit more in the esports side of it is making it more accessible and people like Can easily figure out, okay, like where am I at? What's going on? And what's coming up next? I think it's awesome, Savir.
0: No, absolutely, man. And even if, uh, shout out to DreamHacks as well, when you go on the Battlefy website, um, everything is just streamlined. You know, mm-hmm. they've got the calendar and we've known about the dates months in advance, unlike perhaps previous years where we had to uh, wait pretty much to the last minute. So shout out to everybody working on this event. And, um, you know, it's awesome that they're also taking our feedback too. You know, last mm-hmm. year's event for the European Championship was, uh, I think it was at a closed venue space, right? So the fact yeah. that this one's taking place at a shopping center, to me, it sounds like it's going to be open to the public as you suggest as you said people will be walking by so it's really awesome it's great for exposure and if montreal was any indication last year you definitely want to have as much people attend this event as
1: possible it's just great all around i totally agree and you know what i know why last year i was super high on like you know it's in montreal the canadian cities are good nashville is going to be a fun spot for this event guys it's around june 27th i believe listen i went to nashville last year for my previous job Nashville is a fun city to be in. It is gonna be electric. The draft's gonna be around there. So you I don't believe it's close. I, I believe it's a couple of days before the draft. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you still have that buzz, you still have that hockey hype and excitement. And Nashville's just gonna be a fun city, man. I mean, I hope Safir, I think I speak for both of us. Like, you know, we're gonna, you know, see if we can obviously get down there and stuff because uh, man, to be to be on ground zero and all that stuff's going on, especially coming after last year, it is gonna be something special.
0: Yeah, man. And for me, you know, as, as passionate for both of us, really as passionate hockey fans, it is one of the most memorable kind of experiences you can have, regardless if you're a player or a viewer or a media reporter or whatever you do. Uh, it's just such an amazing moment, you know, bridging the IRL NHL product with the gaming side of things. It's just uh, amazing all around. And yeah, hopefully we'll be able to go and it's gonna be a great time.
1: Absolutely. Also, before we move on, shout out to the Nashville Predators because they actually still follow me on Twitter. So Let's massive, dub, massive dub there. Last time I went last year, they hooked me up with some That's really right. nice tickets. So uh, there, uh, if there's a second team I had to cheer for, I think it'd be Nashville. That's fair.
0: I'll accept that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, Severe. let's talk about this European finals we have going on. Let's talk about, obviously, you know, the four contenders we have. We obviously have Eki. Everyone knows Eki. He's the reigning champion. Um, competed against Regs in the unofficial world championship we had in December. Uh, we also have X-Burns, who is Han Hanselinho. I always butcher that, even though I'm a FIFA Same. fan. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Nikki Dangles, and then we have uh, Tembenin. So out of those four, Safir, um, we obviously have a bit of background that you can give on all of them. I'm yeah. I, like I'm not that in tune with all four of them except Eki. I've met him once; great guy, super nice. But there is an underlying storyline kind of building between Eki and X Burns. Tell us more about this, man.
0: Yeah, so I got to say, so X-Burns, a.k.a. Hanselino, has been around the NHL competitive scene for more than a decade now. And in fact, when I first started back in NHL 13, you wouldn't hear much about the European players, but Hansu is one of those guys that everybody knew. That's how decorated and recognized Hanselino is. Um, If I'm not mistaken, uh, he probably started... Playing the game competitively, competitively before Eki, and these two players have went at each other competitively for years too. Um, and it was so—it was really interesting this year. They both played on old-gen consoles. Um, they had both qualified for the LAN event, and then they played each other in the seedings. Hansu actually beat him in game three. And despite how that series went, Eki believes that Nikki Dangles is probably going to be the toughest
1: competition on LAN. Any sort of indication as to why that might be the case, Raheel? Listen, you know what? I Obviously, I mean, Nicky Dangles is, you know, he's obviously a younger guy here. I mean, he's 19 years old. Shout out to him for his favorite player being Connor McDavid, by the way. Awesome choice. Um, you know, he's a bit of a younger guy and stuff too. And I think the thing that is, like, I'm just intrigued about, he obviously was there in 2021, um, Nicky Dangles that is. But, like, Ecky's won four out of the last five years. And, you know, more often than not, it's been with experts or Hans in it. That's right. And I don't know if he's trying to, play mind games here i don't know if he's just like being honest and just playing the safe option for me again i'm not a pro player so if you could give some insight on this i i don't know if i'd say who my toughest opponent is because you're kind of giving everyone else a little bit more fuel
0: especially with this year's game, right? Like, it is really hard to predict. Um, so, Nikki Dangles is just one of those players who's always been, like, at a very high elite level, mm-hmm. but hasn't been able to really come through in the GWC in past years and World Championships, uh, partly because of... Inexperience experience at the time, and perhaps some nerves getting to him. But I remember um, hearing Eki's words, or talking to him directly, actually, a few months ago. He said that, mechanically speaking, uh, in terms of overall game skill for NHL 23, Niki might be the best player. And those are really high praise words for Niki Dangles. And it is also interesting, thinking about Hanselino, because from what we can observe, Hanselino and Eki are very... They're they're very close, very close mm-hmm. friends. Um, so perhaps this is Eki being objective, but at the same time, yeah, you know, Hanselinho now has uh, more purpose, you know, to prove his doubters wrong, perhaps even. Um, because yeah, if if people had to pick the two favorites to win the European
1: Championship, it's probably Eki and Nicky Dangles. Exactly. And and I think the thing that I'm really excited about with all four of these guys is they all, most most of them have, like, proven they can, like, mostly beat one another. I mean, obviously, Burns has beaten Eki. Obviously, uh, Nikki and Eki have been close together. But let's not forget Teppan in here. I mean, he also beat Nikki too. So, I mean, we don't have a chart to draw or anything, but it's almost <laughs> like he beat him, but he beat him, but he beat him, so is he really better than all of them? And, I mean, it wasn't in, like, this boring round. It was in Game 5 overtime of the Finnish Championship sphere. And when you factor in the fact that that's a little bit more of that, like you mentioned earlier, like with Nikki, it's a little bit more of that inexperience and that like raw, like emotion that you kind of get when you're playing at these bigger LAN events and stuff like that. Do you think Tepanin can even make some or Tempenin can even make some noise here? Because, man, I don't know if you're asking me to pick between the four of them. Like I know Eki and, and Nikki are the best, too. I don't know if I can pick stuff here.
0: Oh man, shout out again to the Shell Intel report. Um, they got in touch with Tepanin and it seems like Teppenin is one of those calm, collected players who doesn't, well, at least tries not to let the pressure to get to him. So if those things are true, then I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tempane comes out on top. You mentioned that he defeated Nicky Dangles in game five overtime of the Finnish Championship, mm-hmm. uh, which is a separate tournament of its own. He's actually going to be competing at the finals event for the Finnish Championship next weekend. Um, he also defeated Nicky Dangles in game three of the uh, the finals for his bracket for for this particular tournament too. So um, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, we talk about and Nicky Dangles being the favorites, but you have a guy coming... Uh, Uh, out of the radar this distemping guy who's always been good but not haven't heard him be this good at this level so for him to make that showing and to be the reserved person and player that he is is definitely an advantage here but I I think experience will play a role too though
1: yeah and I think we've kind of we've kind of come to see that especially with like last year like you know, obviously Grant and Regs were back at it again, and and they've been doing it for so long. The experience of being at a LAN event, hearing people, it, it doesn't affect them. And you know, someone who's a little bit newer is going to get affected by yeah. being. I know, again, the venue awesome, but like being in a shopping mall playing for like the championship with just random people walking by. There's going to be people doing their groceries and just like <laughs> yeah. randomly shopping and stuff. That's going to be interesting, and I think one other thing i want to mention that i'm really excited about these these finals on saturday at 1 p.m. by the way make sure you guys watch um is the fact that when we had uh the sports gamer gg stuff going on with the 6v6 when the the finals were going on it was all NA, EU banter. Oh, EU does this, NA does that. And some of it got a little out of hand, but a lot of it was just really good, fun, chirping, going at each other, representing the region and stuff like that. And obviously Entourage ended up winning that one. But I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how these four play out here. And then from there... The obvious conclusion is gonna go to okay, well, a couple weeks after that, we're gonna have the NA ones going on. We gotta see how they play. And then eventually it's gonna be like, well, hey, NA versus EU again. I don't know, Sapir. The NA EU events always fire me up.
0: You know, I'm as as a person living in NA, I am a little bit worried for the NA region because, like (laughs) you, like Rex, Gren, and Polks, they are all eliminated this year. The NA field is left wide open. It is so hard to predict how the world championship finals will go down in nashville um i think the europe side can feel a little bit more at ease knowing that Eki, who has been really the only guy who has been able to stand up to the na players Mm -hmm. is still alive in this tournament and combine that with experience I, I do give the advantage to the European side right now, but like you said, given with what happened with, the, with the Sixes tournament hosted by sports gamer and the interaction that we saw in the community, even thinking back to both the, the both challenge uh-huh. last year when Polk's won, um, and, and, and this year as well, there's, there's so much drama and it's all so exciting.
1: Yeah, and I think you mentioned the stability of the EU side. I mean, obviously, Ekki's won four of the last five years uh, winning the European Championship. Nicky Dangles was in there as a final. Hanselino was in there also. So, like, there's a little bit of consistency there with, like, yeah. those players constantly showing up. And then you look on the NA side, and, like, the NA side to me is what this year's Stanley Cup playoffs are. Just, oh, yeah. like what is going on like you aren't supposed to be here seattle what are you doing here like where did this guy come from it's all over the place and it's wide open and i think you know as we slowly kind of cut away into the na side in a little bit here that kind of entails an intriguing side because there's people who are like oh well the game's messed up the game has so many issues which it does but then why is the eu side able to stay consistent and the na side is not any thoughts on that superior
0: you know, that's such a great question. I I honestly wonder if part of the reason is because the skill gap is smaller in the NA's side of things. And couple that with the randomness that goes on in the game when it comes to like bounces and momentum, then it really does become like the IRL NHL playoffs where literally anything can happen and it's really hard to predict. I mean... Joe's defeated Junior Pence in Game 3 to qualify for the NA LAN, but mm. easily if the bounces had gone Junior Pence's way, because Junior Pence loves to throw the puck on net, we could be seeing Junior Pence on that. Um, with the Sky and Boyley series that took down Sky... This one, this one's a tough pill to swallow, but they was up 3-2 to two in the final minutes. Sky ties the game and then takes the lead with 0.5 seconds to go in game three, a heartbreaker. So it's like marginal errors, marginal yep. differences between these players, and, and that's the difference. Even Grant, he lost to Cat in game three. It was a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, so coupled with the skill gap and the randomness in this game, this is what we have, and I'm
1: so intrigued to see what goes down. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the interesting point there, too, is like, you know, obviously Joe's defeats Pens. Cad defeats Gren, we have Duncan who defeats Sasha, and then Sky, obviously, and Bully, that epic thriller there. But, like, out of those eight names, Jose, Pens, Gren, that's that's three. Whereas, if you look on the EU side, the four that came out, arguably, have all been around in the scene a little bit more, too. So, even out of the, like, you know, we have to obviously see what happens in the NA side, but there's a possibility that this NA side is just going to be, like, Uh, Like Indians, like it could be two people who've like haven't won in a while, who haven't appeared in a while, and you could be going up against Eki and Nikki, who have just been like, who have been there.
0: And you know what i i think of somebody like jose right so jose he is the only this is interesting by the way jose is the only player from the montreal land event to make it to this year's land so the seven of the eight mm-hmm. players have not made it this far this year really really telling about how this tournament has been going mm-hmm. but i want to focus on jose because he's so interesting last summer um granted he had to switch over and play on playstation not his main console mm-hmm. regs pretty much dominated that series and he took him down on land on stage i know jose was also nervous but this year jose took down regs in two games right yeah. um and so jose was completely determined but now to your point as well well how does the land factor come in mm-hmm. i have a sense that his, he has a lot more confidence this year but the experience to be at the literally final stage is not quite there Compared to Eki, who has been there on the final stage several times, really interesting. It's hard to tell what happens. I feel like the edge is towards the European side, with with everything considered. But mm-hmm. who knows.
1: Yeah, I think I'd give my edge to the EU side a little bit too, even as you know a little bit of a bias towards the NA side, of course. <laughs> um, and just to recap, Sofia, let's let our viewers uh, and listeners know. So. We have the EU finals going on this Saturday. Um, I believe it's two weeks or a week from this Saturday is the NA finals. I believe that's May 20th. And then right. after that, how does the World Championship go out?
0: Yeah, so from my understanding, two players, two of the four players from each of the regions will be making it to the finals. So two players from Europe, two players from North America, uh, where they will be competing there on uh on a LAN event to determine who becomes a world championship. And I'm I'm so glad that we have the world championship component back okay. because we've been asking for it um forever. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it, it is easier to predict who's going to come out of the European side. As we talked about Nikki and, and Eki from the NA side, it's a lot more difficult. It's you know, with open. Joe's it's, it's wide open. Hey man, like, I don't know if you, you probably saw, but like every few months with, with an expert panel, I do uh, like a top 15, A Dun- Sky was number 14, Dunk Duncan was somewhere in the 8 to 12 spot. So these are oh. players that were ranked lower than where they are right now at this stage of the tournament. So it's, it's, it's so hard to predict. I don't know how that's going to go down, but...
1: Yes, yeah. and it's going to be interesting too because I think obviously first off, like with the world championship, we now have an EU NA like land going on, which I am hyped for, Saphir, because when I was down in uh, when I was in New York for the phase event, they obviously had Gren and Eki face or uh, Regs and Eki face off, sorry, yeah. and that was fun, but now you have it in an actual like land setting where the actual stuff's going on. That's going to be super intense, but. Do we think there's a changing of the guard going on on the NA side, or is it too early to say that?
0: You know what? I remember at the start of the year when the game first came out, you had asked me who's going to be number one in any at the end at the end of the year, and I was like, my money's still on Regs because you can't be number one until you take him down. Yeah. But this is this is the one year where I think the field will change completely. And I think we're still left with a lot of surprises to take place in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Cad is somebody who barely plays 1v1. Like, he literally does not play 1v1. He's mostly a 6s guy, recently playing more Call of Duty. Uh, I mean, if he takes everybody by storm and wins the GWC, all of a sudden he has to be ranked number one at our end-of-year rankings, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If if there's any year that's unpredictable, This this is it. What do you think?
1: I I do agree with that, too. I think, I mean, you you mentioned it perfectly with CAD. Like, this is a sixes player who's in the Final Four for North American Finals. Like, that is a testament to just kind of the, you know, obviously, like, first off, you don't need to be a 1v1 player to do well in 1v1, which is another interesting take, nonetheless. But you get more into this side of just, like, it's just so wide open and so inconsistent. Like, it is more likely like the eu side i think we can we can obviously assume who's going to win and we have some you know more probable outcomes for the na side there are some probable outcomes but like if i look at all four of those aside from jose i think it's pretty wide open like if somehow jose is out i'm just like any of those three i'm just like i have no idea i can't can't, it's almost like a three-way coin flip for me
0: yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think a, a very interesting series I would like to watch is Duncan and Sky. Mm-hmm. I know that they uh, they're not the the biggest fans of each other. I think that that would be a very heated series, and we know that Duncan can get animated when playing in these big games. So mm-hmm. I would love to see that series, especially if it determines who moves on to the to the world
1: finals in yeah. on, in June i think that'll be a good one for sure i'm looking forward to that one and then you know obviously Safir, it's it's safe to say this year we have a a, a, a more variety it's it, there's some less repetitiveness compared to last year so for these players who are going to be going into this major event whether they're on the eu side whether they're on the any side whether they advance or not um what advice would you give to these players i mean obviously you you we both experienced a LAN event, what would you say to them um, to like help them prepare, get them set for, you know, playing in person?
0: Yeah, no, real. that that is such an important question and, and an important topic to think about, right? Because I feel like a lot of, myself included, I'm guilty of this, a lot of us players grind the game like crazy, stay up very late as well, and on game day just kind of like... Keep playing a bunch of warm-up games in the, in the warm uh, in the morning rather, and then get into it. And I actually feel like that's more detrimental than helpful. Um, and another thing that that's detrimental is staying up late. I actually remember last year in Montreal. Um, some of the players were out late the night before that they competed. And I do wonder if that hurt them a little bit the morning after. Uh, I assume that they were tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice, there's a few few actually for, for the players, I highly recommend that they get their seven to eight hours of sleep. If you're going to play the game the night before, don't play more than like an hour and a half because you don't want to burn yourself out. And if you drink coffee and coffee is helpful, know that, that it's going to raise your anxiety level. So perhaps have that caffeine and that coffee at least an hour and a half before game time. so that way your hands are not literally shaking when you're playing and so at least that way your energy is still going to be pretty pretty well
1: balanced uh and hopefully you'll be able to play your best yeah i totally agree with all that i think um yeah the the staying up late i I can testify (laughs) there are a couple guys in montreal that stayed up pretty late before um the the sleeping one and that kind of stuff it's interesting you say that because like you think about how an nhl player or a professional athlete sets their day they obviously have game day practice but then what do they do after that they don't play hockey they go home they sleep they eat they relax and then they come prepared for the game a couple hours before then they you know do their Pre-game stuff and everything and then it's game time so i think you know if you're going to be playing in this kind of event and i know a lot of people are going to be like oh it's a video game who cares like the the stress of playing anything is difficult when you're competing against someone when you put fans or spectators or other people in the room who are going to be reacting when you screw up who are going to be cheering when the other guy does something to beat you that is a stressful and like mentally stimulating environment like I yeah. don't care how good you are I know Regs is one of the, arguably the best player in the world so I know obviously this series out but like I'm I'm Reg feels it if Regs is feeling it everyone else is feeling it and you need to learn and I think this is going to be a big thing for like this is where it comes with experience you need to learn how to channel that uh, energy there's some people who can there's some people who can't you think about people in like actual sports like one, one guy I always talk about um, who I hate in baseball is uh or udo or not his name udor uh, odor like the uh, mm-hmm. remember he used to play for the Rangers um he got into all that stuff with Bautista I remember it specifically it was 2015 or 2016 I can't remember what year was the last year the Jays were pretty far in it was game three. And if the Jays won, they moved on and they were up like four to two and everyone like bottom, top of the eighth, they're booing him as he's up to bat. And I'm like, guys, he's going to feed off that. And before I could finish my sentence, (laughs) he cracks a home run and he doesn't get obnoxious. He doesn't get cocky. He just sits. He just strolls around the bases. And he's that kind of guy who can build off that energy, whether it's good or bad. I think of someone like I know he's not in it, but like Gren, for example, last year. I I remember talking to him after his his land stuff, and he was like, "Yeah, when I when I heard everyone else cheering for the other guy scoring, I I, I got fired up." And I think you know the players need to learn how to do that. But then also the flip side is when. You know, you're doing well, like, for example, Regs, when Regs came back against Gren in game two, I believe it was, like, he fed off the energy of the crowd cheering every time he got closer and closer and closer. I don't know about you, Safir. I mean, all your stuff's great, but I think that is, like, one of the most critical elements when it comes to any LAN event.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and you know, in in most tournaments, whether playing at home or in person, players are allowed to have their their headsets or earphones on, and they usually blast EDM. You know, that way they, they can tune out the background noise, mm-hmm. the crowd noise. But uh, from what I've observed so far, players are not allowed to have anything plugged yeah, in. So then that right. way, you know, yeah. So they they have to be in the moment, and you know what, especially for the NA players because they have a couple of more weeks to prepare. I would practice playing the game without any music playing in your ears, yeah. you know, especially when you're playing EDMs. For some players, it actually helps them play better, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got to practice that because, like you said, at that point, it's not just the, the fact that you don't have music, but now you've also got the distractions, which includes crowd responses.
1: Exactly. And I think the perfect way to emulate that is, like, you think about, like, NHL teams, you know, in real child or real life, we'll call it, when, when it's close to a big game, whether it's yeah. regular season or playoffs, they they'll do like you know. There's real game practices. Like there's that real game like effort you put in. You got to do that once in a while. Otherwise, if you're just focusing, you know, in one element, and then that element gets taken away from you, you're going to be at a complete disadvantage because you don't feel comfortable. And you need to get comfortable with how you're going to have to play, so that when it hits you and you're like sitting there, you see your opponent across from you. And you don't have your headset on, and like people are talking, you hear everyone chanting, screaming, whatever. You're you're able to kind of make the best of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Just to add a little bit more detail when it comes to to players um, playing in that environment, right? I think it's in psychology, it's called like state dependent learning or mm. focus. Um, so if you know you're going to be at that land environment with all of the distractions around you, it would even help you. If, you know, you're playing the game while even if your friends or family are watching you play or practice or whatever it may be just to get used to that habit mentally so that once you're on the big stage it doesn't affect you as much Um, and then one other thing in terms of players like playing or scrimming a lot the day or a couple of days after um, usually when you learn something new or you work on a certain skill you have to sleep a few nights essentially to consolidate the new learning and yeah. if you're trying something new the night before it's just not gonna work so trusting your abilities what you've been able to work on throughout the year you know don't overplay don't burn yourself out just go into the land environment trusting your skills that you've been
1: able to develop throughout over the course of the year absolutely and you know what safir i think that's the perfect way to end off but before we end off who's winning it all
0: Oh, that's a that's a very tough question. You know what? Because okay, Eki said that Nikki might be the best player mechanically. I would say Jost might be the best player mechanically. But then thinking about
1: experience, I'm gonna have to give the edge to Eki. What about you? That's interesting. I, it's tough. I, I, I want to lean Eki because he's been there before. He's done it so many times. The EU side, I think, is gonna be that that's more probable for him coming out of there and he's done it before. And I think the fact that he's traveled for an unofficial world championship before been in that kind of environment and stuff like that, I think that's going to play a factor. I think Eki wins it all.
0: Yeah. There you go. And, and and would you, I guess we both agree that Nikki dangles will be the other guy that makes it out of Europe.
1: Yeah. I think Nikki dangles for the other guy out of Europe. And then, you know what, I'll go even a little bit further for, for NA I'm I'd probably go. uh, I think I'm going to go Jose and Duncan. Yeah,
0: I, I honestly, for that second pick from NA, it's so hard for me. I, I actually have no idea. Um, I, I want to say Cad just because he did win the, the first Everbolts Challenge tournament a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised with Duncan
1: either, given uh, his overall success this year. But hey, Yeah, we'll I, see. I think Duncan's the only one who follows me. No, he doesn't even follow me back. <laughs> None of them are winning. None of them are winning. We're, we're done. <laughs> But on that <laughs> note, Saphir, if you got, if you don't have any other final thoughts, I think uh, I think it's been a great episode. Back, um, there'll definitely be a lot more coming out, so keep in touch for that. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll do a live stream from Nashville if we're lucky enough, Saphir.
0: That would be amazing, and I feel like there there are things that we can certainly plan for when we're thinking ahead, both for the podcast and uh, the World
1: Championship and beyond. So lots exactly. to be excited for. Exactly. Thank you guys all for watching and listening. Really appreciate it. On behalf of me and Sophia and the Hockey News, have yourselves a wonderful night.